healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next one. Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. We are so happy to have you down here for this very special best of 2018 uh, edition. We do this every year, um, and uh, in some years past, we have uh, had like massive crews down here this year it's a little smaller uh it's been a crazy year and you know we didn't really this isn't a list per se uh this is more um talking about uh the answers to a question i asked at the beginning of the year like what is music what is it for i've talked about this all year uh, we've talked about it the entirety of the podcast but this year really trying to dig in and i think we found some answers and the answers uh we're gonna sort of present to you as uh, these albums that these artists made that are uh, that meant something to us, that helped us, inspired us, uh, made us feel, um, you know, uh, bonded us <laughs> to other people. It, you know, music is, uh, to my mind, the most powerful force uh, available to us uh, to utilize, to enjoy, and uh, and change our lives. And uh, this year was uh, we needed it. We needed it a lot. And we got it. We got some some really really great stuff. So uh, invited Eduardo over and our good friend Michael Zwern from around the corner, and uh, sat down and talked about what moved us. Uh, we got a little loose. You're gonna hear me and Eduardo. I think get a little a little uh, tipsy towards the end, maybe a little sappy, and that's okay. That's okay because that's life and that's what we've done. Uh, now I don't know if this is the sixth or seventh one that we've done. Um, and it's also bittersweet because this is the last one we're going to be doing in D.C. Um, I've got a few people coming down here to talk before we get out of town, but happy to officially announce we are um, leaving our home of Washington, D.C. and uh, packing it up and moving to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to leave behind a lot of friends. We're going to leave behind a team, uh, Mauricio Castro and these amazing photographers. They're out there every night shooting shows. Um, and then we're going to... Uh, we're going to build again. I don't I don't know what this podcast is going to be at that point. I don't know uh, when it's going to come back. You've got two more episodes, or three more episodes, I think, after this. But uh, the point is, is that uh, everything just sort of goes on and moves, evolves, and uh, and so must we. So, so that made it... Um, we put a lot into this one, is what I'm saying. Um, and, uh, and this whole shebang, and it's been great, so... I guess it's time to talk about the music. If you guys are ready, if you're strapped in, you want to know how we felt about 2018 and music, and uh, dude, I think it's a good list. I think if you're going to put it in a list form, it's a good list. Let's head on down to the basement uh, for one last time, meet my friends Eduardo and Michael, and talk about 2018, the year that was. So I'm not going to. Okay. I mean, this. 
<laughs> you know. Um, Welcome to the, your 2018 yeah, yeah. recap, kids. Yeah, yeah, it's 2018. It's the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, no, there isn't. An, um, uh, but, uh, I mean, it'll go on. It'll be different. But uh, it's just stuff. We all got We got life. Like 2018, we've all had to deal with life. Hmm. And it goes on and on and on. All the, look, man, <laughs> we're moving to Milwaukee, but like we, World War III might beat us to it. Mattis resigned today. <laughs> so how about that pop music in 2018, kids? So relevant. Uh, so no. important. It is relevant because I think um, uh, it has been a very weird year down here. Uh, a very destructive year. Uh, you guys were down here literally firsthand, mm-hmm. Eduardo and Michael, for like some of the destruction coming in the water. Yep. Uh, but somehow uh, we are still here, like doing it um, for the last few. Uh, we have done this podcast, this end of year thing, six years, seven years now, I think. And every year, there's the fucking water. There's the fucking water. <laughs> Uh, every year, it's been usually crazy, and we do this yeah. whole thing. Um, but with the world being crazy with everything, uh, schedules, you were in India, like, everybody's working hard, it just, uh, we're, we're moving, it's just, it's worked out differently, which is kind of cool, because I think it's it, it provides a good landing place for this whole podcast, or one of the landing places, we're gonna do something else, uh, but, um, my point is, is there was a lot of great music in, in 2018. Well, there's a lot of good music in 2018. Yeah. I don't know if that's, there was, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. There's a, lot a lot of it was good. A lot of good music. Good, and, yeah. and I don't know if I feel that way. And I've heard a lot. That's, that's sort of consensus. I've heard a lot of people say that. I don't know if I feel that way because of the times or, or just, that's just what it was. It's sort of hard to remove ourselves, especially here in Washington, D.C., from the 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 swamp as it were mm-hmm. uh but what we're going to be doing is talking about some of that good music some of it great some of the stuff we're going to be talking about is great mm-hmm. um and um and some of it is uplifting and some of it is is going to make you want to kill yourself <laughs> and some of it uh will just make you laugh uh, or watch Pretty in Pink twenty times, <laughs> and and uh, and and uh, but all of it, I think, uh, you know, because we put this together sort of last minute, uh, is sort of how we felt throughout this year. Um, one hallmark of this year is because of the downtime, we didn't get to to uh, review a lot of albums that we wanted to. So the first one I want to get to is an actual album called uh, Interstate Gospel by Pistol Annie's. Yes, we are uh, the official country music podcast of Washington D.C. I think I, I think I can claim <laughs> that we have covered more country than any podcast. Well, we've covered more music than any podcast in Washington D.C. except Bob's. <laughs> but um, but uh, this this group, uh, Miranda Lambert, Ashley Monroe, her put out her own album Sparrow in 2018. If you like that sort of thing, I don't. But. <laughs> Uh, Angelina Presley, who's like in the background, the 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 person who writes really writes all the hits. Mm-hmm. Um, this is their second album. The trio got together, and they and much like the Love Junkies, from Laurie McKenna, um, they actually are keeping Laurie McKenna off this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, because I I, I think um, you know Miranda Lambert put out the what like eighteen part album. 
she's last been, year. She's been prolific over the last. Yeah, years, but the last so. one was like seventeen hours long or something. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Ashley Monroe, I think, is an acquired taste. You put these women together, though, and it's something remarkable. It is. Uh, it is a testament to the the talent coming out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Just their talent as writers. Period. Uh, it rose above all the country. I think that we covered this year. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking back at Brothers Osborne. Like I really love that album, but like at some point, you know, you're you're doing broke country. Yeah, and these yeah. people are doing life country. Yeah, and but they're doing it in a way, in the best way of like a Dylan or a Springsteen, and where you're you're just dropped right into this moment. And whether you're a redneck, whether you want to be a redneck. Which is weird, but <laughs> but or you know or or you just uh, are you know living uh, in rural area or something like you can relate to it. Yeah, well, it's it's and some of that is you know they're really um, that that pulling on that sort of like every woman thread can feel a little canned at times, and I think Nashville doesn't always know how to how to let women be women, and I think the three of them together just sort of have the confidence and the swagger to sort of say. Yeah, this is an album that's going to like have some of that Dolly feel. But yeah. um right and it is a spiritual air to that. To Absolutely. Put, but it also makes it very clear that like uh we're women of a certain age and we have, you know, we have some disposable income. And I think one of the li- one of my favorite lines on this is going to the bar and leaving covered in men. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just think that's such a such a wonderful well, um I I think what they did too, they made it very clear what the job was. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Your job isn't to go out and like look pretty. It isn't right. to go out and like look sparkly or put on. I mean, yeah, that can be part of it. Yeah. But your job is to write the goddamn song mm-hmm. and to write one of the best songs. And and so we're gonna play one of the best songs uh, in country music easily in in this year, maybe this decade. This has got my name changed back by Pistol Annie's. Play the fool that's on. 
just going to say that that the 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 mood and the feeling of that song captures 2018 in a way that Drake talking about his feelings really does not. For <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right. I think it's funny because they they drop into this like girl band or girl yeah. old school girl group. Uh, Michael, you said barbershop quartet like thing. It's a giant fuck you to like the entire like male dominated industry because those bands were controlled by men. Mm-hmm. Right, and this is all theirs, and there's like we're still gonna do it. Like that shit's a hit. Yeah, and it yeah. wasn't a hit because of you, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we, right. I mean, and it's so subtle. It's so it's like you don't even think about it because this, yeah. I mean that's what we associate with pop, especially like fifties and sixties pop. These girl bands would come in and do these harmonies and like mm-hmm. bop 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 bop, yeah. and to have it just pop up at the end of this country song, it's just like oh my god, yeah. Uh, they're thinking about so much more than just writing a song, and it is, um, it is, and I think this might end up being a theme for this episode. I, I think this is what results from like just the power of like friendship and trusting people. Like these aren't yeah. random people pushed together. These are people that right. legitimately were like, "Hey, I like you, and I think we should work together," because yeah. it's technically not marketable. Like they aren't going to tour. They aren't gonna. This is so like not Nashville, right? Despite right. having two of Nashville's biggest stars stars in it and one of the the engines, and it and interestingly, in one of those weird like historical coincidences, I think it dropped on the same day as the Boy Genius record. Yeah, which okay. is which is another kind of you know uh, uh, totally different generationally and and culturally uh, trio of of uh, uh, female songwriters, but. Um, for my money, and I have, I, I have to plead guilty to not having given the Boy Genius thing enough, right. um, enough of my attention yet. Um, but this one grabbed me immediately in a way that the Boy Genius one did yeah, not. Yeah, and I, and I think, and I think another thing that's going to pop up in this episode is I, I think it has to do with uh, mileage. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think these Ooh. these women have uh, in a very good way a lot of mileage on them, <laughs> whereas as the members of Boy Genius don't quite yet. Yeah. And so, uh, as as Daria put it the other day, you're old as shit, and and I can finally start copping to that, and um, and that changes how you listen to music. Yeah, it changes how you experience everything. I mean, you, you sir. By the way, happy forty one. I just I just yeah. turned. I just took my first step into the bit into the did fours. Did you have a secret Louis Vuitton right show? Off to zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, yeah, and and so it is, and this uh, actually, um. The Boy Genius comp, I think, is solid. I think, you know, despite it being radically different music, um, they're still, like, yeah. great songwriters uh, doing some of their best work. And I, It's it's cool when supergroups get together and they actually work, right? Not that right. these are exactly right. supergroups, but when talented people get together and they and they sort of, like, multiply their, their talent instead Ooh. of, like, subtracting from one another. Yeah, like, as long as it's not GTR, <laughs> it's like, we're fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think one of the themes of the year, and you saw this in uh, indie rock, you saw this in country and in singer-songwriter singer stuff, was sort of a supportive female energy, mm-hmm. you know, women helping one another out, uh, sort of undercutting the whole, you know, we only have room for one mu- one female-led band in the set kind oh, of Right, vibe. right, right, yeah. So there's been a lot of that in in young indie bands, in singer-songwriters, as boy genius. Well, maybe, and, maybe in the industry in general, too. Well, I, I think, yeah, I, yeah, I think... There's a collapse. There, like, let's be clear. Yeah. There, there's a collapse, and the collapse, people have to, are like you don't have a choice to recontextualize what you're doing, or why you're doing it, which is yeah. directly applies to a couple artists we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I I need you to take us to Australia, sure. Michael. 
because uh, Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever yeah. is one of the hype bands this year. It is, yeah. And I think more so right now in Britain than in the American list that I've seen. So they are a uh, quartet from Melbourne, Australia. Um, I got to see them twice this year, first at DC9, a very small place, and later at the Black Cat. They uh, are on Sub Pop, so they're getting a lot of, you know, a lot of attention, a lot of publicity. What I loved about their record, which is called Hope Downs, is the fact that they took some of the classic elements of uh, Antipodian kind of pop music from the Flying Nun scenes to the Go-Betweens to the Luxsmiths, and they played songs with that sort of ancestry with a lot of uh, revved up punkish energy, but keeping an emphasis on the craft behind the songwriting. And I got to see them twice, and and you could see as they were developing their confidence on stage in a succession of tours. I I think they toured pretty much incessantly throughout the year. You what, can what see you glo- globally, by the way. DC Nine and then Black Cat. Yeah, that's, they, what, that's what I thought. They DC played Nine. all over England and, and, and Europe. And for people who don't understand, yep. like uh, who aren't in DC, don't understand DC Nine. Maybe you have a venue like this in your town. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, for my money. Um, Love you, Songbird, but DC9 is the best venue. DC9 is the best place to see music. Because you can see stuff like that. Yeah. And it just randomly happens, and you're just like, oh, shit. Here's Because DC9 is a 200-person room. The sound is exquisite. Mm-hmm. Sight lines are all very good. If you're good. not friends, you don't have friends when you go there, you're going to have friends mm-hmm. when you leave. Yep. So I saw them first before they had put Hope Downs out. They had a couple of EPs and singles out, and they'd gotten a good reputation because they'd already signed with Sub Pop. And uh, the songs that they were putting out had this uh, real craft behind them, a lot of sly humor in the lyrics, immense tunefulness, and a lot of energy. And that really, show, that really shows in their live sets. So the song that I picked out of the full-length Hope Downs is called Mainland. And it, like a lot of uh, Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever tracks, has sort of several layers. And what I liked about it is that it manages to sort of implicitly cast a very skeptical eye on Australia's perception of immigration, because it actually references the fact that Australia has been um, keeping its migrants on small islands in the South Pacific. They don't yeah. have a wall they have to build. They just are surrounded <laughs> by oceans. They have, they have a natural them. barrier. So they, they, they're actually sending would-be <laughs> migrants from yeah. the Middle East, from Central Asia, from Southeast Asia. They're, har- they're, they're putting them in pens on little tiny islands in the South Pacific. And this song takes a look like at... Like a prison colony does. Well, you know what? Australia I mean, does have a little history there. I mean, they're policed by great white sharks, people. Yeah. <laughs> well, so this is a song that... Police! Sorry, <laughs> sorry. This, this is a song that is about relationships and perceptions yeah. in Australia, but also takes a look at you know what's going on between Australia and its, and its uh, you know, near, near abroad where they're putting immigrants in right. uh, pens on an island. Let's go in, let's go in because this is, this is one that I, need, I still need convincing on. Sure. You, just, you just did a good job for it. So I'm going to listen to the song when you come back. We'll see if the magic happens.
All right. So rolling. Uh, yeah. So so here's the th- yeah, temp- temperature check on Kevin. There. He, 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 here's the thing that I, I think uh, you all uh, listening should expect from uh, from from y'all's music critics and and everything is that is the reality that sometimes we get dismissive of things. You read hype. I mean, people are affected by a bunch of different things. I had never ever once pegged this band for any like social. Hmm component and i and, and all i heard was talking about all the like new zealand bands yeah, australian a lot, bands a lot of jangle and and and, mm-hmm. and i'm a person who doesn't give a fuck about your list of mania but <laughs> i hear that and then that, that one line you know about the mainland like mm-hmm. it's and also i'm like yeah okay there's gonna be a lot to explore here yeah i, I, th- I think this record takes a little more explanation the the surface appeal is all the guitar lines and the catchiness right. and the melody and the and the stuff that you can obviously hear the uh, you know multi generations removed from Peter Buck and from the Verlaines and the Chills and the Go Betweens and all those other great bands from the 1980s. Uh, but there's actually a lot of subtlety going on in those songs. So yeah. there's a lot to explore in the Rolling Blackouts album, which I really found found offered repeated listening. So it wasn't just a, a surface pleasure, but it was like oh, there's a lot going on there. Right. Yeah, I I liked this album despite not getting that the songs were actually also meaningful. And I don't think I realized that until literally just, just now. Too. Right, 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 right. But, right. but I, 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 I played this a bunch of times. I found it to be a really kind of fun and engaging listen, but um, maybe just as a reflection of like where life is in 2018. Like I just couldn't ever quite get past the surface of like, mm-hmm. oh, I like this. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that there was well, a lot and of al- stuff. And also like a lot of times we weren't out of time to yeah. do that. Yeah, time it, time it, is if you, if if your if your thoughts are consumed with like, are we going to die today? <laughs> like that that takes up that's a time suck. Yeah, and um, you know, I know on your list, and, I, and we're not going to play this, but like, you know, Michael, you you listen to like Robin. There's a lot of like yep. pop escape, the yeah. Casey Musgraves album, which I I ended up even though we reviewed it favorably, I ended up I'm like it's I don't I, I don't connect to it, but I get it. So that one stayed with me, the Casey Musgraves album. Yeah. yeah, it did. It did. I found myself thinking about not, you know, I, I think it's I think it's imperfect as an album, but I think it has some really standout tracks, and I found myself going back to those a lot. Um, but it's also for you all about feels, right? I, I there was there were some feels in twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah, twenty eighteen yeah, yeah. was a was a feels year. Yeah, um, it was a busy year, and I think it was uh, it was. Uh, weird for a lot of us um, in different ways. Like that was, I think the biggest thing about 2018 was like everyone was going through a weird time, but it was sort of a different weird time for everyone. Right. 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 Like, like everyone had their own sort of individual which, circumstances that yeah. made it a dark and weird, which year. Don't people like feel like we're being profound douchebags. Like that's life. Mm-hmm. That is literally every year, but yeah, but there are some, it was, it was closer to the, there are some, some weird compression, yeah, I think I think <laughs> it was I think it was easier to access it, and people were more willing to lead with it in polite conversation mm-hmm. because it was just so obvious that like so many people were suffering all yeah. the time. So suddenly, you feel more comfortable talking about uh, where where things uh, are or aren't in in, in your life. Um, and so, and for me, I think I, I spent a lot of time kind of going back to like. Um, comfort food and mm-hmm. um, and I sort of retreated to things that were really familiar and I think um, some of that was because I think um, 
I'm disappointed a little bit that like a genre as inherently political as as rap didn't really deliver, I think, a meaningful record in 2018. You had Earl Sweatshirt, which I, I, I don't like that record. Yeah. But we also aren't going to be playing Vince Staples. Yeah, I, I, I like so I liked I liked that approach to album structure, which yeah. is sort of short albums that we kind do of have get one in and out. Album, yeah, we do, we do. Um and 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 I liked the Earl Sweatshirt album because I like the mood of it, which yeah. is basically like I'm not rapping for you. <laughs> like it's music that's, that's like demo. it's like hostile. Right, but it was it just sort of and and it it's it 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 landed differently um for me um hearing it especially, you know, it came out 2 or 3 weeks ago, I think. Um, but, um, but I, I definitely retreated into like my sort of familiar brand of like nineties tinged, uh, <laughs> yeah. indie stuff. And I spent a lot of time with that Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks record. I, I, I loved the snail mail record. Um, despite the hype beast, uh, compelling you, you me made to it do through. so. I still haven't made it. I through. always, I, I, I will stand for that EP. Yeah. But I, I can't like, and, and again, this is, this is what I was saying about people being dismissive of stuff. I just uh, there's a there's a wall there. And yeah. I can't. No, and that's it. if the wall is real for you, then it's real. Right. You know? It's right. real for Donald Trump. So it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Different wall, man. Different um, wall. So so we talked. Um, I, we you know we we played a song off of um off of the Hop Along record, Bark Your Head Off, Dog. Um, earlier in the year, I think we played Prior Things off of it, which is a lovely sort of weird Baroque pop masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, this album like had me at hello. I think I might've like knocked on doors for it the way I did for the Clinton campaign in 2016. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just wanted people to hear it. Um, Francis Quinlan, um, who is the, the singer and, um, you know, main sort of, I think creative force from the songwriting perspective, um, just has this incredibly emotive, uh, vocal style that, um, is, it's just immediately like urgent and, and, um, and the record has these strange moments like so this so the song we're going to play somewhere a judge has a really hooky chorus um, and the and the verses sort of seem to be meditating on a personal relationship that's that's going awry and um, and true to 2018 form there's this moment where um, she's she's like. Uh, pulled out of her own head by a notification on her phone about how Arkansas is expediting uh, a number of um, executions because they're running out of right. Right. And there's this moment of just like on top of all this other shit, God damn it, Arkansas, what are you doing? Yeah. And the chorus is about the judge who approved that presumably sort of beach somewhere while, while this is happening. So this is a summer judge of the, what's the name of them? Bark, uh, bark your head off dog. Bark your head off dog.
So one thing I, I like about um, 2018 um, and about the way that uh, this is playing out for those of us down here in the basement is that um, we're getting to like experience like, you know, normally for these year end things, you sort of come in and you've got your sort of like you've got your starters and you're ready to fight other people. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're all coming in here sort of open minded, like in a sort of like, no, I was sort of in my own deep, dark place. And like, thanks for pulling me out and showing me stuff I didn't. And you know, if we're I fighting each other, like we can't. I mean, that has been a hallmark of this podcast. Like, is like, we come yeah. here, like it's sports and stuff. But if we're fighting each other, like there, there's other actual real like Nazis. To fight. Right, right. Turns <laughs> so, out there's not, there's an actual out, there's, there's a, Nazis. There's an actual even, enemy out there. We've been deserves, down here talking about music while Nazis are fucking like taking over our city. <laughs> yeah, but so, so that was that was Hop Along, a band a band that perhaps is not well served by its name or by the album title, but um, um, because I, I I think there's there's a sort of emotional heft that that you might not realize is there. Um, and, and even though that, that, that song, I think showcases, uh, Quinlan's, um, sharpness and her kind of pop instincts really well, it doesn't, um, when you listen to the whole thing, just, she can convey desperation and emotion in a way that, that few, um, vocalists can. And, and it's just this thing that I actually had this weird moment when I was, I was in Boston earlier this year at, um, an Italian restaurant and they were playing like weird Italian pop. And there was this woman singing and I thought, it, there was something about it that was like odd and familiar to me at the same time. And suddenly I was like, Oh, she sounds a little bit like Francis Quinlan. Like there's this weird way in which yeah. she's kind of evoking this continental aesthetic. Well, it, it's a, uh, it's a classic sound in the way uh, I, I listen to a lot of, um, I have a lot of choice eighties playlists. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, to put it mildly, and you know, a lot of the hallmark of the eighties was people like uh, searching for that classic sound. You had to get that classic singer sound in there. And there's something about her. Um, you could, um, uh, who's the singer for the Sundays? Harriet. Harriet Wheeler. Yeah. Harriet, Harriet yeah. Wheeler. You know, you, you can see her doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I hear this now. And, and, and Daria loves this. And, uh, you love it. So I have like two people that are important to me that like love this music. And that, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to that then. And it's, it, you know, I, I see Hop Along. They aren't there yet for me, but I see them becoming, like, one of my favorite bands. I see that I, because what that band and she specifically did this year was just, like, it's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they have, they have um, definitely, I was, I, I'm, I'm very happy for them to see that, that um, they got a lot of love from, from the List crowd. Um, they had some strong showings. Adam, Adam, Adam Duritz is a fan. They, They're the new Pine Grove, minus the... Huh. Yeah, Minus the stuff you don't want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but no, they had it. They had it. They had a good turn, and 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 I hope uh, I can't wait to see what comes next. Yeah. Um, you know, we were just talking about sort of angst and like all that feels. And stuff. Well, we were talking about feels, but we were also talking about like how how it's often not time to make. You, know, you don't have time for feels and stuff. Sometimes though, you do have to engage. I think, and um, and. The album we're going to talk about, um, Everything's Fine by Gene Gray and Quali Chris, was at the beginning of the year. We had no idea yeah. how this year was going to go out. Uh, my good friend Marcus Moore. I was going to say, you and, you, and, you and Moore, like, right. and this was And this was the first of the Basement yeah. Troubles. And it was it was right. a fraught, uh, remote review. Uh, but we had talked about it, and have talked about it since, including today, about how 
it's unfair how this album manhandled most albums in 2018. <laughs> um, but it, it is, um, you know, if you're looking for something that just simply captures the zeitgeist, the holy fuckness of what is going on in everybody's lives, uh, never mind black lives, right? Like just like, uh, right. just like everybody, um, this couple, this now married couple, uh, put together uh, an album with because Jean Grey is a rapper, producer, comedian. Um, she had like a can often of, be seen with with John Hodgman, John Hodgman, <laughs> um, yeah. and uh, you know had a bunch of comedians. John Hodgman's on the album, mm-hmm. uh, comedians on this album about uh, the simple conceit of of us walking around and ignoring the horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was made in their house. <laughs> like, yeah. like, this isn't like a big production, but it's, it, it, it is super personal yet super universal. And it, it sounds like as, it sounds like old school rap, but as if it was just like, you're in the wasteland now and people are just finding it because yeah. look, old school, like New York hip hop is going to like always exist. Like in the wasteland, like people will always find that art form and they'll find because they found the instruments to make it before the instruments were nothing. And then there were turntables and, and and this has that feel of it. But this song that I want to play right now off this has specifically that feel. And it is, uh, uh, very much a fuck you to things, but there's a, (laughs) there's like a sadness to it. Cause there's almost, there's almost like a, like, yeah, like, it is fuck you. I have zero fucks to give, but at the same time, it's like God damn it, I have zero yeah. fucks to give. Yeah. But uh, this is zero off of uh, Jean Grey and uh, Chloe Chris's masterpiece. Everything's fine. So so damaging. Hacksaws, crest, black rock, mononol, smack paws with the cats from the Donna party. That's a body party. Sierra, Nevada. I'm Hunter's lawyer, scared of nada. Paranoia, I'm on you, Mary, your natural father for me. Tell your father for me. I said, what up? But don't call me. What's the story? Glory, never? Not even when I'm salt and pepper? You'll go on and ignore me forever? Cardi. Still Cardi. The mortal form in the shape of adorables. Been sharper than Dominican barber. Shape fucks. Marble. Tabletop elegance. Parker Posey. Peter. New York elements. Horror relevant, Smithsonian twice. Pardon your feigned ignorance, bitch. Pardon your life. Cotta terror, color botticelli, body mind. I'm out a minute. The pedagogy's for no fucks. Infinite. Better keep a medivac covering 24. All the faults all yours as you draw your last breaths. And I draw chalk like y'all still talking on stress. Spitting at the cat. Call your family. Ball out your chest, boy. Act next door. Demeanor with the neck tats. Confused. Textbook procedure with an exact or profuse. I'm calling me sassy, motherfucker. All the dash. I'm the original nasty motherfucker Let's Molten granite dollars, kimchi, 
longer exist, stronger the MC. But no literal sitting humility, nobody touch her. Nobody's getting immunity, and I start killing the dust though. Everybody doing the hustle, like I'm shooting in a crowded disco. You pop catlocks, brother. You miss me? Did you miss me? Well, you should have bought the catalog, stupid. You're getting what you put in, put in, clueless. I don't make personal house calls to do this. Foolish rules is next. My home don't exist, and if I don't go on a list, then why the fuck should I color in lines? I'm colored in fine. New Crayola color, see you colored in mine. Now, who do you say your mother me? All right, so I am uh, sadly largely ignorant of the Gene Gray and Quell Chris record. I mean, I heard the discussion you had. Oh, I didn't know that. Worth. No, I mean, I, I'd heard of the record and I'd listened to the discussion you had about it. I didn't remember this particular track, but of course, when I hear that zero, I'm thinking of Public Enemy. She watched Channel Zero, and I think there's almost like a callback there. There's just so much density in her rapping. I mean, like you need a you need a you know fine tooth comb to go through every bit of lyrical references she's going into there. But there's something going on in a couple of records that I listened to this year, and I think Eduardo, you mentioned one too, where people are kind of coping with an existential kind of dread, and I think mm-hmm. this record. It's largely about the African American experience and the sort of the ongoing dread of in that. But so I I have the low record. We're going to talk about that later. There's a couple of other things that we're going to talk about where people are like kind of really grappling with some tough internal challenges, some really unpleasant emotional struggles. And um, when we you know when we look back at the year. You know, you find moments where you're finding inspiration and energy in the music that's around you. And then you also find the moments where people are just, you know, acknowledging the crises, the crises that they're in. Commiseration found, is important. Yeah, in commiseration. I think it's, that we came, we came into that discussion in one of an earlier albums we were talking about that the ability to, you know, recognize another person's pain is important. Before, before you, before you jump, uh, to the, to what's coming next, which I'm excited for. Does um this this album just made me think the 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 um uh, track we just listened to had me thinking a little bit about the Janelle Monae record, which yeah, right. which which might have been her most human record. Now that I think I hadn't thought about this before, but it sort of seemed like there was still plenty of artifice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there but you but there seemed to be an organic body behind and, and, the and music. Al- and ultimately, that, that didn't work for me because I don't think the balance was off. I mean, that that should be. Yeah. That really should be an album we're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. It topped everybody else's list. It's on yeah, a lot whatever. Of lists, like, but it's a good record to the point at the yeah, top. Of the show. It's a good record. That's one of those. It's yeah. a good record. Yeah. Y'all have all heard it though, right? Like, there's right. no point in us being like, "Hey," and you can go listen to our review of it, right? Like for that. But yeah, but that's a, that's a very good point. And I think I think what happened was on that is weirdly. As much as pop props she gets, 
she did that better on her earlier albums. Mm-hmm. And it is this, like, trying to craft a perfect pop song and have perfect appeal and then make it humanistic and make it, like, make people feel it. And let, let, let them know that you're out there and you're the same. And uh, that's a it's a real thin line, and for me that album specifically did not do it. I still listen to yeah. it from time to time, but it it lost me the same way the Musgraves album lost me. Hmm. Interesting. All right. All having, right. Having taken that long parenthetical, back, All right. back to Michael. All right. So we're going to a record that is really hard to fit into any playlist because it is it is um, fragmented and bracing and chopped up in a way that is, you know, alienating, I think very on, much on purpose. I've been a low fan for probably 25 years. I saw them when I was in college in Minnesota. Wow. Um, so I've seen them all throughout this very long, deliberate career arc of these, you know, famously slow core songs in their first couple of records to when they were starting to build out their sound through what I would say, a, a you know, a three record track of some of the best music made in the 90s and early 2000s. And then they've kind of lost me on a couple of records uh, in the last 10 years or so. I haven't been as interested. So a double negative came out this year, and it basically takes the low formula, which is slow, contemplative, frequently ominous subject matter sung with free, uh, incredible precision. Both Alan, Part, uh, uh, Alan and Mimi are both very precise singers because they've you know sung slowly and in close harmony as a, as a couple and as musical partners for 25 years. And then they've basically taken that formula and they've sliced and diced it with electronics and ominous, uh, ominous noises. And, you know, it sounds like the whole thing was run through a very bad photocopier and then reproduced and it's alienating. And it's also very gripping to listen to double negative. So the track I picked was always trying to work it out, which just seems like a fairly optimistic title. Um, but it's really, <laughs> it's really about alienation. Sure. It's really about alienation. It's about not being able to connect. Oh my god! With I people. was hoping you would say aliens because no, I was like, can this tie back aliens. into fifty one fifty? No, this is not a Van Halen <laughs> reference. No, this is about alienation. This is really about not being able to connect with people, right. with with your loved ones, with people in your communities, etc. And it's really about isolation and straining to reach a connection to other people and finding that you cannot reach across that barrier that exists.
So with your context, Michael, that actually, um, like, I hear that band in a very new way. We were talking off mic about how I, I think if you were a, a fan of Low for all these years, that, that this, you hear this, and, you know, you say that they're chopping stuff up. That's not a new technique or anything, no. but, it, but, but it sounds like it's new to them. And, and you know, you have these bands or entities that you you fall in love with, but you connect with. And I think that's the, another theme of 2018. Like here, here you have this like husband and wife who are uh, making this stuff. And, and there is uh, in hearing that in that context, I felt more connected to their music than I have at any point that I've listened to. I've been trying to get into this album and my whole reference is, is okay, well there are other people that do this. Mm -hmm. Like, and and so I tend to compare it to that. Sometimes you just need that connection, and if you can find it, you know, yeah. I, 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 I liken it to the Jessica Pratt album a couple of years from a couple of years ago, okay. where you know I don't know if it was a big hit or a big pot, but like there was something about it that sitting down here in the basement that I had carpeted that time and didn't flood <laughs> uh, on a on a cold winter night was breathtaking because it just it let me in. And then I could spend some time with it. Well, that's 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 one of the things that like <clears throat> I think that um, it's hard to do as a music critic is always to like think about the the fact that there are some you know that 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 context matters and and what's and what's anchoring you to a piece of music really matters too. And sometimes that's entirely circumstantial. Um, and 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 sometimes you don't know why, you know, sometimes ju there's just a reason. We were talking about Mitski earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, Puberty 2 was a record that the first time I listened to, to me it was just transparent. I just didn't I didn't see a record there. <laughs> and then and then inexplicably like 6 months later, that album just called to me and it was like, "Come back, listen to me, find me right. and hear me." And I and I came back to it and I was like, "Oh my fucking god, I get it." Right. Um and 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 music can do that and 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 the first time you hear something you're not always in the right frame of mind to really be able to like speak to it or connect with it and it's not until you know like an outfit or or something you just have to try it out in different Jason different Isbell circumstances <laughs> Jason Isbell outfit <laughs> <laughs> um no no yeah yeah no uh that's right i, I yeah it's um I have found over the years that we have done this, in only the last few years, like because we, I think we stopped ranking them two years ago. Because ranking art is bullshit. It's <laughs> fun, but it's bullshit. I don't think it's bullshit. I think people need it. I think I think it it serves a purpose to like to people who can't just like get 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 in there, man. You <laughs> know, but 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 you know because you ultimately you want people. If if this is your good thing, you're holding up low, Michael. You want people to be like, 
I want to experience low. You don't want to yeah. be a dick about it. You don't want to be like, you're stupid because you don't like low. <laughs> I mean, that is a tactic that a lot of like critics take, but it's like, it's a bad tactic. Um, there's nothing that is more, more better necessary than anything, unless you want to talk science. And you can certainly do that with music, but people never do. So if you want to talk like what is more better, everything that we're talking about today, for the most part, is not jazz. Therefore, it is not more better than, you know, and and that's a thing that like people need to like actually, if they want to be serious about talking about music, need to like learn to talk about in those terms. Figure out whether you're selling something or whether you're actually like connecting with it and want to share that connection. Um, but speaking about sharing connections, I think uh, it's time to sort of unlash, un- unleash uh, <laughs> one of these things that was never not going to be in in our top ten. Uh, this is uh, one of our friends, Eduardo. So this is whatever you call it, our man favoritism, uh, Mr. Phil Cook is. Uh, has always been, I think, uh, a light for his friends. Uh, I think he he is coming to his own with uh, Southland Tales. Yeah. Um, Southland Mission. Southland Mission, excuse yeah. me. Um, which, which, by the way, did show up when, when, when we had a large group of people voting on records. Southland Mission still, I think, showed up on our top 10 a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that was... So it wasn't just me and Kevin doing no, it. No, 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 it wasn't. But 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 he is... It's been a journey for him, and, and, and it's been um, a thrill to see him on this journey, to talk to him about this journey down here. Um, but his album, People Are My Drug, this year, um, was the next step in that journey. And he took everything... Um, that he on Southland Mission, and he 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 put it through a slightly different lens. This is a twofold yeah. lens, I think. The lens, he, you know, one he had to make it. He's not he's not a rich, although he's got Creed two and Kanye money now. He d- he does. <laughs> I have don't Creed know. I haven't money. talked to him about yeah. it, but yeah. but but uh, but you know you know this is a guy that's out making music that isn't necessarily pop. It's blues based. It's soulful, and like, and, and that type yeah. of thing usually requires a huge cachet, a huge back catalog. You know, you think, you know, back in the old days, it was like you had you had to be like BB King to go out and do that type of stuff. Um, yeah. And he somehow crafted an album that represented his loves of, as he describes it, the tree of music. Of of what all music is coming from, which I expect we will be having conversations about for years to come with him about this, because yeah. it is an evolving, it's an ever-growing conversation, um, with some um, real timely relevance um, that I think connected it further to the tree. I, I'm playing this song because this is Mauricio's, our photographer, for people who don't know. Uh, who covered this show and took who covered this show and, and had never seen him, and and Mauricio is a guy who has feelings about stuff, but he's also a guy who's very uh, very fucking excellent at what he does, which is taking photographs and and filtering, telling you what the show was like, figuring that out through an image. That's a that's a very specific talent. He is he is one of the most excellent people I've ever worked with. At that talent, and I remember 
after the show, he was just floored. He did not know. <laughs> like, it was like going to church, which is the point with Phil. Hmm. And he's like going to church. But uh, no more uh, this year than on this song, uh, which uh, tackles like Black Lives Matter um, and just uh, being kind to each other and let's not kill each other. Uh, it's another mother's son. And this is, this is actually one of my favorite songs of the year. Yeah. Or ever. So another mother's son by Phil Cook. Uh, I, I think um, 
first of all, the story of of that album of People Are My Drug, he 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 told that story down here, and yeah. and uh, if you haven't heard that interview, please go back and and check it out. One of the things that that jumped out about this album on first spin is how it's so obviously a gospel and soul album. And if you and if you had known Southland Mission, and we're looking forward to uh, Southland Mission Part Two at first it seemed like this album was not a continuation of that. And I think, I think what I missed in Southland mission originally is, is how much soul and gospel was in that record. And, but it just happened to be sort of like touching on all the other streams of, of Americana that, that, that Phil works in. Um, so the first thing is, is that, you know, what comes across when you see him live and if you ever have a chance to talk to him, and literally every person on this planet should have the chance to talk to him because mm-hmm. he is he is just yeah, a life yeah. affirming. And, and if you're lucky, like I mean, look, if you just catch him after a show, just like, you probably will be able to talk to. Him. He, yeah, it, yeah, it, it is. Um, yeah, it's it, he's a battery dude. Yeah, and so and so and so, what comes across is just the deep reverence he has for this for the music that he's um, that he's uh, riffing on and 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 playing with here it's not it's not a casual or a trivial thing it it actually comes from a from a place of deep knowledge he listens to a lot of gospel um and uh and the other thing you get when you see him live is uh this sense of just how incredibly tight this band is and that they kind of jam and they sort of go out there and they do they take a few chances and and um and maybe my favorite thing about it, which is which I feel like is sort of one of those things that Phil caused without knowing it, is how after that show, Kevin and I ended up talking to random strangers upstairs at Songbird for which, hours into like the it, which we, is one of the most profound conversations I've ever had in my life. Yeah, we, um, we, these these people, and honestly, yeah, you know, we, we, we we've said this every time we talked about this. If you were those people, please contact us. We <laughs> no, I we, we were drunk. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it involves somebody who had just. Um, this was during Pride weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and they thought we were a couple. Which, yeah, which, yeah, which listeners we're we're not. We're really into yeah, each other, yeah. but we're not a couple. It's it's cool. Yeah, yeah. but but you know, it, it involves somebody who had just discovered she had MS. Yep. Um, who's Hindu? Mm-hmm. Um, it was deep. Yeah, and like, and I and, and it was deep to the point. I was spilling drinks because I was so like brain fucked. Yeah, like by what we were talking about, and um, and but, I was and I was talking to her sister, and I had a very mm-hmm. profound conversation of in in my own right, and um, and it was just a very powerful. So two hours, but after it was the because Phil's of Phil. Show, was because, I know because we were like the mindset prepared, like, yeah, 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 to yeah. receive that moment, yeah, and it presented itself. It was absolutely amazing. You know, people are the drug. They are. They are Phil. I mean that. Yeah, that, and yeah. and that's that's actually the point, and I don't think it's just him. It, it, it is one thing. Uh, certainly, we found out uh, down here in almost 400 episodes. Um, but this year is that if you just talk to people, you find out cool things. Sometimes you find out scandalous things, but more often than not, you connect. Mm-hmm. You connect with people you don't necessarily think you would connect with, but there's always something there that you can like. Oh, okay. We're gonna, and then you feel okay. Yeah, yeah. Not not better. You That's feel true. okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, okayness is is sort of the human condition. Well, the, <laughs> I think I think it's thing. a sought after human condition. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think I think I think we have to feel okay, otherwise we do stupid shit. Yeah. I mean it's it's uh it's, you know, to, to to paraphrase another um of our beloved records of the year, um uh Time Fighter, the song by Lucy Dacus, right? Yeah. I'm I'm just as good as anyone, I'm just as bad as anyone. That's that's yeah. the that's 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 the fundamentalness of okayness. It's yeah. just is just to be no better or no worse, just another one. Yeah. Which we're not gonna play anything off that, but that that is yeah. look, that's a stellar album, man. Is is uh we saw that right when we got back from Hawaii. It was a great show. Yeah, that was a good it was, show. It was a good show. Uh, I, I want to stick in this vein uh, for a little bit because there's an album that took me by surprise because I was not a fan of this man's work, despite him being one of the most legendary. I thought you were a big John Prime no, guy. No, you I'm, spoiled it. Okay. Why did you spoil it? Damn it. <laughs> despite him being one of the most revered songwriters of all time, Mr. John Prine, he is uh, multi-generational. Like, people have just been like, this guy, this guy, this guy. And, you know, I, I, I think the reason I wasn't was because I think you get a choice at some point in your life. You can choose Jimmy Buffett or John Prine. <laughs> and 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 I say that because they're the same the vibe, you know, uh, whistle and fishing. You know, so he, he, he's singing songs about, like, normal life and and having fun and like i went for like fins to the left fins to the right i for whatever reason man but what what if i chose neither what does that make me does that make me not a person yeah like 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 as morrissey said i'm half a person you're free to define yourself yeah that makes you not a person but but he put out this album the tree of forgiveness which we actually talked about with phil we 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 were talking about the tree but from laurie mckenna which is excellent, mm-hmm. right? But but Phil was like the tree of forgiveness, and I heard uh, that album uh, and Phil's album at the same time when we were in Hawaii. There were a couple albums I heard there, wow. and it was a very and I think this might have might be why it finally clicked. It was a very um, open. If you haven't been to Hawaii, you can just sort of be. We were staying at a shack. Uh, literally a shack, like in the backyard of somebody, and a camp stove, you know, a small fridge. Sort of like living stuff. here when our fridges go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 but my point is, is that it, perspective can often be everything. And for John Prine, it was. And and when I heard it, I was like, back then in April, I said, I love this album, but I wasn't able to spend much time with it because of the aforementioned. We're busy dealing with horrific shit. And as we let off the gas on the site, as we have eased into, we're forced to relax at the end of the year, despite the horrific shit that's going on. I've been able in the past month to spend a lot more time with it. I love this fucking album. Uh, and, And because it is full of the same joy that Phil has, except way, way further down the line. This is a man. It's not. This is this is as this is as good as Bob Dylan's "Time Out of Mind." This is a statement about what it is to be human. The whole album, but none more than uh, the. I think it's the last song. When I get to heaven, and this is just this is an explosion of joy that I never would have expected from John Prine, and and it hinges on what hooks me is is a, a vodka ginger ale soda. Like the, the, that, that very specific detail is just yeah. is, is beautiful. But this is when I get to heaven. 
when I get to heaven, I'm going to shake God's hand. Thank him for more blessings than one man can stand. Then I'm going to get a guitar and start a rock and roll band. Check into a swell hotel. Ain't the afterlife grand? And then I'm going to get a cocktail, vodka, and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm going to kiss that pretty girl on the tilt of the world. Cause this old man is going to town. <laughs> then as God is my witness, I'm getting back into show business. <laughs> I'm going to open up a nightclub called the Tree of Forgiveness and forgive everybody ever done me any harm. Why well, I might even invite a few choice critics, those syphilitic parasitics, buy them a panasmithics and smother them with my charm. Cause then I'm going to get a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm going to kiss that pretty girl on the tilt of world. Yeah, this old man is going to town. You can't really smoke yeah, a cigarette that's nine that. miles wide. <sighs> but <laughs> but like Leonard Cohen, if I live to 80, I am going to fucking march up to the store and buy myself a pack of smokes. Yeah. Probably a pack of Winstons. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, it is the, the joy. There is, uh, as we documented on our Dead to Me podcast. Yeah. There is joy and, and release and uh, rebirth in... in in discovering that you are mortal and may die. I mean, he suffered from cancer. He, mm -hmm. he beat it. And if that song wasn't recorded in LeVon's barn, <laughs> like, uh, right. you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. this, this yeah. is like Brian has earned his, his spot in that, in that crew, but that just feels like this music from big pink, this, this thing that like is drifted through the American musical scene and and this is one of those songs and this is one of those albums that is just like yeah man it's there and for that song everybody is there I don't know who the voices in the background are I don't care yeah it's probably like Isabel and Amanda Shire maybe like their kid you know people just yeah. hanging out and and but John is like proving the point of song yeah that it is to bring people together it's not to be like I'm just gonna say a thing and then you're gonna believe it. Yeah, no, it's 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 a lovely, it's a it's a generous song. It's 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 fun, and it's um, yeah, I I I loved everything about that. Yeah, uh, it's fucking, it's a phenomenal album. I'm just I'm really just getting to know it at the end of this year, and I, I implore anybody, uh, our friend Brian Gruner, I actually like texted him like, hey man, if you haven't checked this out, check it out. Yeah, he texted me immediately back, and he was like. He was literally playing on the spot. He's like, "Oh yeah, nice." So, uh, so you know, the prime is out there. It is 
as as it should be well well respected. Another uh, another band that uh, a very different feeling, but honestly, very much the same. The feeling of life, you know that you know that song, that album makes me. There's air, there's room. You breathe. It's like, yeah, I'm just living this life, and part of living our life is that we always remember like how we lived earlier when we were kids, younger, nostalgia. And I, and I don't think it's always a bad thing, and I don't think uh, Motorcade does either. Um, I've talked to these guys. Yeah. Uh, they've gotten a great... And I uh, look, I, this is why you should pay attention to good critics. Greg Cott just went to South by Southwest. Right. He was certainly tipped off by somebody. Maybe Jeff, the drummer. I don't know. But, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Because... Yeah. If you make the good thing and then you put the good thing in front of people, they're going to be like, yeah, that's the good thing. And that's exactly what fucking Motorcade did. They got named as uh, top 10 albums in the Chicago Tribune. Uh, They are, it was one of the biggest surprises of this year because I love the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. I've been trying to do a podcast on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. (laughs) For years. I can confirm this. Yeah, you can confirm <laughs> this. And and here's this band that grew up on that. And yeah. and it is weirdly, when I listen to it, like sharing a brain with people. Well, it's well, it's 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 partly because I think the band doesn't seem to have approached it from a, a conscious standpoint of like we're gonna do X. They got together and they were like, we're gonna play the music. We're that gonna we do know. us. Right. We're gonna do the thing that 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 feels authentic to us and and what came out is this just amazing collection of like very original sounding things but that are clearly anchored in a certain place that if yeah. you're of a certain age yeah. will will hit you right in the feels yeah they will they will uh the song we're gonna play is deliver which is like <laughs> i don't know they're all good tracks they're all good tracks brent yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh you know it, it is it is just Every and this was actually Greg Cott's review. Every fucking song on this album is a hit, and that's the point. Yep. No band ever today makes every song on the album a hit. They did it. Uh, this is one of them. This is Deliver. That is that is an album that will um, basically sit alongside my crowded house albums. That in like a few years, I'll forget what year this this record came out, and it'll ju- it'll just be like 
This is my history. <laughs> this, this is, is this is this is my story. This album fell through a hole in right. the space time continuum yeah, because, because I I love that. Like I mean, look, you know, I grew up in the eighties, and and we talked about this when I talked with the good sirs of Motorcade, and um, yeah, there, there's something. That it just I don't know. It, it it hit me squarely, and it is it is what I want. Not just in my life in 2018, but like down the road, man. So I had I had no idea what this was going to be like, and I immediately heard it. I was like, it's OMDs if you leave. Yeah. And then it's Simple it Minds, yeah. and it's uh, In Excess, and it's like, yeah. wow, this is like this is like every 80s, uh, you know, John Hughes soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, how did this somehow arrive in 2018? And how is it, how is it like, actually, like, good songs that aren't just, like, some weird nostalgia trip? There's tons of, like, bands that are out there being cover bands or, like, I'm your eighties band. Like, I'm gonna do this, right. but well, but but to to take that aesthetic and rocket it from 1986, 1987 to 2018, I don't. I even after talking to him, I don't understand how that happened. So, how old are the guys making this music? I think they're like yeah, late thirties, early forties. Huh? Yeah, they. I I, I think they come by <coughs> these influences and the sound honestly. Yeah, yeah no, no, and they definitely do, and they yeah. play with bands like War and Drugs, St. Vincent. Sure, like they're 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 like industry vets. Mm-hmm. Like they they're they've been out here. Yeah, which no makes one's, it even... no one's in their first rodeo here. Like, no. like they've, they, they've all been in other bands, and they and they got this band together, and they thought, yeah, we're gonna make the music that we know how to make. And, and for them, make. and for them, I can guarantee you, like it is the most exciting thing they've ever done. Yeah, they're, they're like, they have a big yeah. show coming up uh, in Dallas, and it's, yes, the show is gonna happen. But yet they're they're going to come to DC and play for like 150 people. Huh. And I, you know, we're doing our part, and this is the part where you get into like, yeah, you're like it, eventually you report on people that you get to know, and I think like we're doing our part to make sure that they get a show here in Washington DC. Yeah, because you all listening in Washington DC need to fucking see this band. This should be on the stage of the nine thirty club like that. I would, I would, I would love to see them uh, on as as Beto's Veep in twenty twenty. So that's my, right. <laughs> that's my, that's my, that's they my. They played Beto benefits. They that's did. the thing. They did. They did. Yeah. As as did our friend so Israel motorcade, Nash. Yeah. So the ticket is Beto and Motorcade. Better, <laughs> and 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 Israel Nash for Secretary of State maybe. Oh I'm, uh, yeah. Because because no. is, is is played uh, pe- played Beto fundraisers too. Secretary of Ag- Agriculture. Let's do that. Nice. Is nice. Is you listening? You good? Focus on cultivation, my yes. friend. Yes. Focus on cultivation. <laughs> um, cash crops. Cash crops. Yeah. That that is that is also spoiler. That that is one of my. That's like my number two. I think the, I, the motorcade I, record. I, I can't yeah. like yeah. you know. You have to. If you have to rate things, I think you also have to uh, take a good look inside yourself and what you really like. And I think anybody in this basement, especially you, would probably like know what I like. Yeah. So, like, like, and that's just fucking this. This just like got me. It hugged my heart. Yeah. And 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 that's where we're at. Uh, we're gonna take it down a little bit, though. We're gonna take it way down. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna. Take How it down through. are we gonna go? All the, all the way down, frankly. Okay. Um, one of one of the records that I really responded to this year. I don't I don't think it was a conscious choice, but the but the records that really spoke to me were generally made by angry women or women who'd had enough of something and were ready to talk about what they'd had enough of. Uh-huh. And and Camp Cope's um, "How to Socialize and Make Friends" was certainly in that uh, 
in that category. Um, it's, it's an angry kind of, um, it's almost, it's, it's, it's punkier than I normally go. It's, uh, um, it even has some sort of like emo-ish elements. Um, uh, but, but don't let, don't let labels, uh, upset you. It, 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 it's an album that's really emotionally, um, fraught. It, it, uh, has this song. It starts with a song called The Opener, which describes and serves as a rejoinder to, uh, every male band that's talked shit to Camp Cope as their opener. And, uh, and the second half of that song is just this righteous, almost like, uh, if you think of like the, the back end of like Dylan's Idiot Wind, yeah. where he's just like an angry man speaking into a mic. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Camp Cope does that on the opener, but they're speaking back to all the men who've said, like, oh, it's nice that chicks get to like, you know, try to fill up a room. And, uh, and they, and they tell, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, cis, cis dudes off, uh, in the process. Um, the song I want to play you though is not a righteous anger song. It's a horrible, crippling sadness song, um, called, um, I've got you, which, uh, is, um, as you'll hear, like plainly autobiographical, uh, Georgia Mac, um, from the band. Uh, this is, this is a song about, uh, her dad, uh, who was an Australian uh, folk musician, evidently, and um, and this is a song about kind of grappling with his diagnosis and death, and it's just one of those things that um, that is presented so so plainly and so it's just so direct, and um, I think you know you can listen to this album, which is loud and noisy and and brash, and then you get to this song, and it just immediately pulls you in through the speakers. So here's I've got you. So, uh, that's a lot of feels of water. 
Sad, it's sad Bardo to you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> that that was your own moniker, <laughs> was it? Or did you? No, 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 no. That was a that was a Paul Powell. Uh, was it Paul? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Paul. Fuck. Paul christened me. <laughs> uh, well, Paul's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can be sad Bardo, but you are. You know, sometimes you glad Bardo. I do. <laughs> I do love life, and I love the feeling of being alive, and I want to share all that with people. But I also love depressing the fuck out of people, which is why we just listen to that song. I don't. I don't even know if that's depressing. I, I feel like that's something um, interesting in what we've been talking about: how music has been, and how we've been able to take it in 2018. Is that it? Is really hard to like pull back into just the personal because like for me for example like that feels selfish like i i i I don't get there's too much work to do i don't get to just be like oh i enjoy this really deep feeling and (laughs) (laughs) and uh that provides it and and when i was listening to it i got that and then and i immediately felt like fuck i do deserve that really deep feeling and and you know we should all like be able to celebrate that well i think i think i think what really resonates is the idea that um if you have um you know i I think about my parents i think about the brazilian election Mm -hmm. i think about everything they wanted for brazil and i think about what the most recent election the choices they had in the most recent election and um and um there's just this sense of like you know, you look up to your parents on some level and, and, and they need to believe that they are leaving the world a better place than they found it. And sometimes it's not clear that, that progress is that linear. And, and, and in the meantime, like life goes on and, and people live and die. And, um, and, uh, you get to like carry on the good and bad parts of, of what you've been fed biologically. And so, yeah. And you have to pay attention. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, and you should try to do good. Like, that, like, like, yeah. like. The point isn't don't try to do good. The point is like the point is like you know um, make sure that 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 in addition to doing good, you're also inspiring people to continue doing good because yeah. clearly the planet needs more people who are going to do that. Yeah. So I had not heard the song before. The stuff I'd heard from Camp Cope was very much in a different vein. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised by this direction, and I was kind of gobsmacked by the sort of the naked emotional you know rawness of this song so in a good way it reminded me of some of the better indigo girl songs and and there's a uh, a long forgotten band from canada called the leslie spit trio which oh I'm, yeah <laughs> okay so kevin's nodding appreciatively so they had sort of like like a you know emotionally raw approach to sort of folk rock in a and they did a Fantastic John Prine's song, of all things, by the way. Uh, a little callback there. Um, and that was not at all what I was expecting from Camp Cope. So it's like, whoa, it's kind of exhausting. It kind of leaves you a little emotionally bl- obliterated for a minute listening to that. Right, and, and, and I think when you hear something like that, you should consider like how you, how you consider your music, how you take your music. Like, Is it just entertainment, or is it something that yeah. you can actually sit and, and like, exhaust? We've been, for dear listener, we've been sitting down here, and we don't usually do this, but we've been listening to every song all the way through and experiencing because this is one of the last times we're going to do this. And it is important in that sense. Um, and it's different yeah. than what we ever do because 
I got to live in that song for what three minutes and or five minutes, five and, and change, yeah. five minute, five and yeah. change, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you're taking the time to listen to music, that's what you should do. Live in it, yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to you know put the attention span into a forty minute album nowadays. I mean, it's hard to put the attention span into a five minute song sometimes. Yeah. Most most artists can't be arsed for five minutes. So. <laughs> um, I I want to transition to uh, something that, that almost didn't make it into here, and uh, uh, but uh, thankfully Michael, who was down here, right? We we talked about this right before the flood. Yes. If water which, comes which through flood? the wall, if water, yeah, which flood? If water comes <laughs> through the wall right now. Then, then we are. Uh, then we know who caused it, but <laughs> but I don't think that's the case. And I th- I, th- I think, uh, but Nico Case is yeah. in tune with her whole career has been like what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Hell On, which is the 2018 record, is just it, it's got so much of what makes Nico Case such an essential artist. It's got. Her amazing, vivid lyrics. It's got her powerhouse singing. It's got these incredible, simpatico group of musicians that she's built up this tremendous camaraderie with over the course of years and different musical scenes. It's got these striking... I mean, if you listen to the arc of her career, you know that she works in a lot of different areas. But, you know, she kind of came out initially as a Mm country-influenced indie rock person. Sean Toos, yeah, whatever. I remember the first time I saw her in Portland, and my, one of my friends said, she can sing the bejesus out of a country song. <laughs> um, and she can do that. Yeah. But so the, the, we talked on a podcast earlier this year about this record. It's really held up over the course of the year. Um, one of the songs that I wanted to pick, because it was one that I don't remember we went into in much detail, was Gumball Blue. It's a very, it's a very different direction than musical um What's well, evocative of, of her work with with uh, the new pornographers, new pornography. which yeah, of course yeah. I like. I don't know about uh, Kevin so much, but <laughs> yeah. So and this is also has that sort of Carl Newman influence uh, that I really dig. And so the Hell on record was definitely one of my top couple of the year, maybe my number one of the year. And it, it scored, you know, among those other lists that one might peruse, also very highly. And I think it's just you know start to finish, it's really good songs really well performed a lot of interesting lyrical directions and there's just a lot to explore there yeah so this is gumball blue of nico cases uh, hell on which is one of the best albums of the year
Nico Case in 2018 is the model, I think, for the music industry. This is a uh, woman and a human <laughs> because she she, she really she does not like, that, but yeah. she's yeah. a human yeah. who who not only can do everything, I think has. I think I think she has expressed the breadth of her, uh, you know, with the help of her friend Kelly Hogan. Yeah, mm-hmm. amongst other people, Eric Bachman has been up in this mix. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, has expressed the breadth of, rather than breadth, like her experience, and it always lands on a record, and it always sounds like a Nico Case record. We don't talk about yet, and we should talk about Nico. Like, oh, this sounds like a Bob Rock record. Or this sounds like a <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. name a famous Phil Spector record, like. This, I mean, it is Nico Case, but this sounds like a Nico Case record. She is a titan, yeah, in the industry, and it is so easy. And I'm so glad. This is the last minute add to what we were going to talk about. I'm so glad you, you sort of insisted, Michael, like because it is so easy to, um, if you're not paying attention to yourself, to dismiss this kind of thing. And, well, and and instead you have this motherfucker of an album in a career of motherfuckers of albums and it just keeps getting like better for her because the control she exerts the what she learns in her process is what you hear well well there's there's artists whose consistency is so thorough that it ends up um making it difficult to appreciate how great their work is. Right. And And it's sort of like, like right. so uh, I would sort of put like Spoon in that category mm. or something. Like, I, I absolutely right? like, put Spoon in that album. They just because, always because, make great albums, so a- like you're just Everything like, oh, after another... Ga 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 <laughs> is fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> but am I going to listen to it? No. Right. right. <laughs> like, it's just not because, because uh, but, but with, I think, I think with, with, with Nico, there's, there's, uh, there's some important elements to consider. Um, I think I think she's she's been so prolific. She's she's worked through so many different. You know, she has her work with the new pornographers. She has her solo work. Um, if you've never had the joy of seeing her belt out <laughs> like the end of Bleeding Heart show live, <laughs> right. um, good good lord, man, go <laughs> right. find a time machine, go back in time, yeah. and and go hear that because uh, there there are a few things that are that are better than that. Um, and she's, and I think she's, she's emerged as an important voice too on the, on the question of, uh, um, how you, how we view women artists. And, um, and I think she's to, to your point, Kevin, like very insistent on, on not being viewed that way mm-hmm. and, and being viewed as an artist first and foremost with, with a kind of a gender label, um, coming in second. And, um, and I think, I think we have to honor that. Right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I think if, if I were to just, like contextualize things in my like musical experience, like who 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 I consider the titans, the things and stuff. Like she's one of them, and she she is just simply in my life and in my life experience. She's one of the people that I'm like, 
that's quality. <laughs> yeah, like 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 the song the song Deep Red Bells. Yeah, yeah. Hits hits my brain about once a week. Like and, like randomly on a what, we- like randomly on a Wednesday right. afternoon, yeah, brain is like, hey, were you looking for Deep Red Bells? Because I have it right here. <laughs> yeah. I have it. I have it at the ready. Right, right. Yeah. And, and then you have this like literally like glinting towards Brian Wilson, like production all over this album. Yeah, you know, is genius. Because she is like a genius, and it shows in her work, and it shows in like how she chooses to live her life, and yeah, I, it essentially like Miss Miss, Miss Case, we are fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've been fa- well, we've been fans for a long time, but like I think it's time people start talking about her in terms of the greats. You know, we we talk about something that isn't on the list, but we should talk about. We might talk about it in a minute. Spring scenes on Broadway, mm. um, which just literally came out as a you know whatever. Yeah, it literally came out and it may be <clears throat> one of the greatest artistic achievements of the 21st century. Um, but but right behind that is anything Nico Case touches, because mm. these thi- these things are what's going to be left. You're not going to be listening to 1975. <laughs> In the uh, Wasteland, whose record is good? Whose record is good? The 1975. We but. don't have any time left to discuss that, but <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 my point is like yeah. Nico Nico's work is uh and I think it's intentionally eternal. Uh, I, I yeah. think she's carving out of space. I don't know when she's going to get her actual due. Do enough that she's able to have a career doing this, but it is. I don't even know what 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 her do looks like at this point because no. because like because like we, you know we were talking about John Prine like what does John Prine's do look right. like right like well well I mean, that's, I mean that's, Dylan, that's Dylan, getting Dylan into, gets the fucking no so now guys, now we're like, getting now we're getting into the end times theme of the podcast <laughs> is, is it is it what does all this mean because the we're chunky in 20, reckoning no we're 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 where we we are in like 2018 and all these weird things are happening and all these people are making these albums and like uh you could say like john prime is making this because he feels he's near the end of his life but bob dylan made time out of mind and then it was like, oh, yeah, I've, I got, I've got eight yeah, more yeah, yeah. Frank Sinatra albums. Oh right, 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 right. Somebody who is clearly not Bob, at the end of their this. life, though, is Brandy Carlisle. Oh, and this is something that took me completely by surprise because, like, Brandy Carlisle, for me, up until 2018, was just this, like, Americana artist. Uh, she was LGBTQ friendly, obviously, uh, and it meant a lot to them, right? And, and, the, and the songwriting was really strong. It, it, it's, before, it's worth saying. Well, it was, before it was this, I, I, I didn't like even experience that. I was just like, like, okay, yeah, she's doing her thing. And and but for whatever reason, by the way, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Landed, and I and I I figured out this year. I was like, you know what? I guess I'm going to listen to Brandy Carlisle. And I'm so glad I did because this is uh, I will not stand for her entire catalog. This is one of my favorite albums of all time. This pulls in elements of Graham Parsons. This pulls in the aforementioned Indigo Girls, which is, a, is sort of a cheap pull in, but it it also pulls in it pulls in Dolly, 
It pulls in Porter Wagner. It pulls in like every single like name a institution. And Brandy Carlisle is able to get it into her songs. Yeah, and it's not just folk and country. I mean, I, I hear Fleetwood Mac in some of the stuff. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. But on this, and I, I, I think she tapped Nielsen. Harry Nielsen. And if there's, you, there's, if you, there's a grand theatrical element to this, which is without you, which makes it without you, you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think bad finger song. I'd like to point out. I think if you don't know Nielsen, the author of the only holiday album you are allowed to <laughs> listen to, a little touch of motion in the night, it'll serve you through Thanksgiving. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you need to do. I have a very rap Christmas in green vinyl, <laughs> just so you know. Okay. And and uh, I'll, I'll I'll bring that over on Saturday. Okay. You bring it over Saturday. <laughs> but 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 um, Nielsen was purity. At some point when we're all together again, we will do a podcast on Nielsen. Hmm. But Nielsen was purity, and and that was the point, and you can just. Go listen to his catalog. You you understand it. Brandy Carlisle on on by the way I forgive you is purity and this song specifically uh, I have never honestly in my life heard a song more joyful, painful, true, honest, and exalting. Um, and it will win the Grammy, and it should. And she should fucking set off fireworks on the stage because this is fucking unreal. And the name of the song is The Joke. You get discouraged, don't you, girl? It's your brother's world for a while longer. You gotta dance with the devil on a river to beat the stream. Call it living the dream. Call it kicking the ladder. They come to kick dirt in your face To call you weak and then displace You have to carry in your baby on your back across the desert I saw your eyes behind your hair And you're looking tired But you don't look scared
so that is basically a pop opera masterpiece. Um, Brandy Carlisle is delivering just just one of the the craziest vocal performances I think we've heard in uh, any genre in a long time. In, in, in a year that Bohemian Rhapsody is the number now now <laughs> yeah. now the the number one music documentary film of all time. Like I, this is the Live Aid performance. Oh, Uh, this I mean, this is every like think of every legendary performance of music that you see. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 delivered. It's captured um, so faithfully and so accurately and so masterfully um, by Dave Cobb. Um, It's this is this is a challenging. This song could sound like shit. It's a great song. It could be recorded in a way that makes it sound like garbage. It's not. It is. It is. It is captured in such a way that really brings the song to life and and really allows um, uh, Brandy's voice to shine in a way that that and you know she's taking some chances that I think she hasn't taken elsewhere in her catalog. Um, it's a song if you were paying attention to the lyrics that that really um, calls out kind of uh, bullying and the idea of like what's going to happen later in life and this idea of like. Um, of kindness and forgiveness, which Ooh. is which is the theme that that pervades the whole record, um, yeah. and and she even seems to 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 try to find ways um, to forgive herself for her um, previous transgressions. I think um, Fulton County Jane is an example of that. Um, I th- I think what's fascinating about the record is that it actually like has these moments where they're speaking directly. I mean, she's yeah. She yeah. is crafting stuff to speak to everybody, right? In in much the way Freddie Mercury did. Yeah. Um. If you you think about something like "We Are the Champions," this is this is "We Are the Champions." <laughs> this right. Is, this is very right. different. Right. Right. In a sort of delayed timeline, kind of weird. Right. Well. Well. Yeah. well I mean. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You know, he's been dead for a long time. <laughs> and 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 you know, but you 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 still as an artist have to make an album. You still have to have a thing, but you have to want have to have something to say. I think the point of this album was her saying, "Like everybody, fucking hang on." Oh because, yeah, be, no, no, no. Be, I, think, be, I think that's the I think that's the point is that is that meanness is temporary, but forgiveness is eternal. Yeah, um, and, and which is twenty eighteen, twenty eighteen. Yeah, so I, I listen to. The, I'm not a huge Brandy Carlisle fan. I've certainly. I mean, I've owned and i enjoy her other stuff i have i was listening to this story just a little while ago earlier this week so this record to me it, i thought this was like an it gets better kind of anthem you know in a much sort of tran- more transcendent kind of way than a sappy like you know i'm trying to think of bad songs about people who've been bullied and as teenagers well, who it, get over it it is a good it is an it gets better thing but it is also like a, a recognition of of sometimes people don't even understand like that it can get better. Yeah, and sometimes people don't understand that they're they're hurting people. And I think that that's part of it that that a lot of the injuries that people do to one another may not even be known or understood by the person who's committing right. the injury. Well, I, I think I think too like like one of one of the things about kindness is that it finds people who don't know that they needed that at that point in time. Right? Like it's one thing if you've just been like hit and you need someone mm-hmm. to be nice to you. It's another thing to 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 have kindness given to you when you don't know that you've been hit, mm. when you don't know that you're hurting, yeah. and to have someone find you and say, yep. 
hey, you see that thing that you don't know what it is? Like, it's actually a wound, and I'm going to speak to it, and I'm going to treat it. And yeah. I think that's that's what that album does in a way that, that so, I, I... Yeah. That getting, song specifically. That, yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. song is like the album Distill It. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that is the central piece of the... Of that, yeah. That's the well, central it's not, song. It's not yeah. the central piece. It is like everything... Yeah. The point of the album is that song. And, and that is going to hopefully win a bunch of Grammy Awards. I mean, it should. It, and, yeah. and it should be played... In marching bands, it should be played in fucking nerd orchestras everywhere. It yes. should be played like here, here. like forever and ever and ever. Uh, Brandy Carlisle. But nobody may- else can sing like that. It does no. Well, <laughs> you can play it on on like eighteen horns. Let me let me just, let me just say too, like in a year when fucking Post Malone had God the fuck knows how many hits, right? And to quote uh, Drew McGarry, he sounds like he just took twelve Ambien and has a mouthful of lasagna when he's singing. <laughs> Right, like, <laughs> are you talking about the Xanarchy? Um, I hope you're better now, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's just let's just point out that like dudes are getting are getting like charted without having to do a lot of work and yeah. sounding like they just woke up. Oh my god! And they here, Brandy Carlisle sleeping. shows up, and she's like, "I've been practicing for this moment for the last nine years." Yeah, and um. And it's a song that that deserves all the acclaim it'll hopefully get. Well, charts don't really matter because time doesn't really matter. But we're not quite there. <laughs> we're not quite there. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 we're gonna get there though, uh, because uh, one of the very best albums of the year. Um, I think we we're all in agreement here, and, and I think if I talk to anybody else who's been in this space when we've been in agreement, is uh, Loma's self-titled. This is a band. It was made up of a uh, uh, Shearwater, and mm-hmm. that was the name of the Cross band? Record. Cross Record. So yeah, I, I feel like I ha- I had a little sense of the um, embryonic stages of Loma because I saw Shearwater tour with Cross Record opening for them at the Auto Bar in uh, Baltimore. Yeah, and they were toured I think quite extensively together. Shearwater as the headliner and Cross Record as the opener. And the members of the band just got along so well, they thought they would do something together. And there's a great backstory behind the record that um, the members of Cross Record were married to one another. And over the course of this album's being created, uh, that marriage ended. But somehow they they stuck it together. So Jonathan Myberg, who's a songwriter I greatly admire, and I don't Mm -hmm. think Kevin is a big fan as I, uh, but I love Shearwater. So Shearwater is led by Jonathan Myberg, songwriter, guitarist, you know, band leader. And he decided to take a, a back seat and to let Emily Cross sing these songs and to let Dan uh, Dzinski, uh Emily Cross's former husband, you know, provide a lot of the musical accompaniment. Yeah. And Jonathan just plays guitar and some other m- music on this record. And this record is just such a subtle, moving album. I mean, it just goes all sorts of weird places sonically, and, and it's it, really it, absorbing. It has grown oh, throughout yeah. the year. Like, the more you listen to it, the more you... There, There is something about this. Uh, we were fortunate f- to see the... At DC9. Mm-hmm. To see the performance. Like, it... The music just sort of seeps. It sort of envelops in a, you. In a good way. Yeah, it sort of envelops you. There's a lot of textures. There's a lot of... It's not a complicated album songwriting-wise, but there's a lot of textures, and Emily Cross has just this 
wonderful vocal yeah. tone. Uh, she really fills these songs. And I've never seen Jonathan Myberg of Shearwater look happier than he, when he was just playing guitar and accompanying her as she's singing these songs that he helped write. And he's not the front man, and he gets just to just be part of this performance. And so this Loma record, also a great pickup by Sub Pop, I think this gets a lot of deserved attention. I don't think many people actually, actually bought it, but the people who bought it, who heard it, really love this album. Yeah, this, this is one of those with me forever, honestly. Uh, and this is closing track on it, and one of the best tracks, Black Willow. Because I rode up to the song uh this loma album is so good and they are working on another one this is going to be i think a uh a lasting Wait, collaboration inside the information i mean i'm uh, i put money into jonathan myberg's uh patreon so yeah he did okay. say that uh no i'm super excited that this is going to be a lasting concern it's not going to be a one-off uh i don't think shearwater's gone either but i think jonathan myberg has indicated that the next thing will be another loma album uh, which is great. I'm really interested to see what they do with this. And that record 
was sort of a subtle delight that just kept unveiling new facets it, over the course it, it, of the year. It was seeing them. First of all, hearing them is like, it's, it's certainly in my aesthetic wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing them, uh, what we saw at DC9 was like an actual piece of artwork come together while these fully formed songs and and, and meaningful Expressions came together and it was fucking, it was great. And, and there is honestly one of my favorite shows of 2018. I mean, just, yeah, it was just lovely. It was, you know, dark and swirling and yeah, beautiful. Swirling is the right word. Yeah, it was a great little show. I mean, it was not a, my goodness, there's maybe 70 people, <laughs> if you were yeah. lucky, in the room. And that included the band members. It was, it was wonderful, though. Yeah. Wow. So I want to, um, We've talked a lot about music that is sort of meaningful to us, and what, I, I think this is a guide to what people should listen to. You know, I want to know what you guys' favorites are. So, so Eduardo, yeah, I, I, I mean, I had, I had some, uh, I had, I had weird moments this year where, <laughs> yeah. like, um, it's sort of one of those like, if you live long enough, you'll enjoy X. And so for me, X that year was like parquet courts i love that yeah. i love that record um deaf heaven a band that i've given some attention to in the past but never really connected with i uh, like their song glint might be my favorite song of the year but uh i think for me the my favorite record of the year and it's and it's almost not even close is um lucy dacus's historian and um yeah it's just it's just an album that you know and and i think back to uh to that to this show here and 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 there were several moments during that show where i was um standing there hearing the band play and i just thought you know the world would be a better place if i if like i could just see this once a month Right. If I could just like go out like on a right. random Thursday night and see a band play music of this caliber this way, like I would just, I think I would just find a way to like tolerate life. The show, the historian show was, the historian was, show was great. Was yeah, very yeah. good. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an album that, um, I think, I think we, we, we covered like a lot of the deep philosophical issues around it. Um, and I think the question for me at the time was like, is it going to hold up? And is it an album that's actually going to stay with me? Um, and uh, and the songs that 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 have or the moments that have um, are like still to me very arresting. Um, you know, you know the thing the thing about that and uh, a lot of music in twenty eighteen, it is nostalgic. I mean, there's no, there's no unburdening. Uh, well, we can't, we can't celebrate Motorcade, right, for their nostalgia, and then condemn. But hold on, I'm not condemning. <laughs> I, I'm not condemning. Like, is, uh, what I like about it is is that is that people are rediscovering that, but at least rewarding people who are doing the really fucking good work. Like, if you were like, that's a Julianne Hatfield album, or even honestly, like a Belly album. So Julianne Hatfield covered a lot of Olivia Newton John. Yeah, just for what it's mm. worth. More importantly, not times to flat spoil, circle. Not to spoil anything. Um, no, I think I think I think the the this this Dacus record. Like I think the Rolling Stones could cover Historian, and it would sound fucking awesome. <laughs> huh. I, I I think I think I think seeing it live, especially like 
there's a way in which a lot of the things that we think of as like 90s uh, indie rock can actually serve as classic rock and can bridge to that. And um, and so the next time you listen to Historian all the way through, I would encourage you to imagine the Rolling Stones playing it okay. and, see, and see how you think it would sound. And that would be interesting. And now I'm going to stop talking because I've overstayed my welcome. Michael? Yeah, so my number one of the year is probably the Nico record. Uh, just, you know, wall to wall, just love that album. And, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff out there, but that's probably my single favorite. And I want to take one second to mention the r- records that were on my list, but we haven't talked about, because in some cases we talked about them on other podcasts. So the Flasher record, Constant Image from yeah. here in D.C. Yeah. Super, super fun record. Better on record than in tour, I can I can now attest. They're, but you know why? Because keyboard, no keyboard player. Exactly. We said this down here. Yep, yep. Flasher, flasher. Add a, add a keyboard player. Add a keyboard player to the touring band. Uh, the Robin album, Honey, really, really good. I I am looking. I have I have about a week where I have nothing but like white space, <laughs> and I really want to listen to the Robin album. It's now Robin space. It's not. It's now Robin space. Yeah. It, it's extremely good. Um, the Laura Gibson record that we both. Loved yeah, and honors. saw her in, in concert. Got yeah, and, and, and to be clear, we did not play this uh, on this podcast yeah, because we, we just already, covered it. We and, already covered it, but it is one of the oh, best really albums of the year. It's really good. And um, I know you got mixed feelings about this one. the uh, The Dacus Phoebe Bridgers um, Ju- Julianne Baker genius. compilation, Boy Genius. It's only six songs, so is it a full album? I don't know, but. I mean, Ketchum, Idaho is it's just an, It's fantastic. an encore. It's an encore when you see them. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> if you, you see the three of them, they, yeah. they just come out and, and, and they play the Boy Genius EP as an encore. I, that's yeah, worth I, the money I, right there. My, my, my take on that is, is that I don't love, I, I don't love the thing, and, I, and um, I, I love all those artists, except Phoebe Bridgers <laughs> never locked in with me so much. So, but, but I would, like, if, if the show is... And this is what's important. If the show is you go, you see Phoebe Bridgers, mm-hmm. you see Lucy Julian Dacus, Baker, you see Lucy Dacus. Like, first of all, go to I, that concert. I, I, I'm <laughs> way against more than two band bills. I'll 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 be there for that three band bill. But <laughs> but but if if the fourth band on the bill is like we're getting together, so that's exactly like, the show that my friend Julia Gadat saw saw at the Brook at Brooklyn Steel. Yeah. Which was basically, she saw the three of them play a show, and then their encore was they came out right. together, and they did. And, that, and, and that's the tour. And, and, and I think that is more... A plus. And, and for, <laughs> right? for for me, having like not locked into that EP, that's what's more important. Yeah. Lock into that. And, and that, again, thematically what we're talking about in 2018... That experience brings you closer to something that we don't you know, like something good. I think I hope. Yeah, and it, it brings you closer to three people creating. Right, right, right. And they and they want you to share in that, which is why. And they want often, to share their songs and often, when people are creating, it doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> like, and it doesn't amount to anything. And that's that's sort of the joy of creation. And like, we're, we're you know we're talking about like really like esoteric. You know why you art? Why you like right? Why you listen to art and, and everything? Why you art? It's five letters. Why yeah. you <laughs> yeah. art? No vowels. No vowels. Um, but but yeah, uh, yeah. 
things are happening upstairs. That's okay. Kevin. Cats are happening upstairs. <laughs> Kevin, what's your what's your album pick? You know what? The people want to know, Kevin. <laughs> don't keep us in suspense. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do. It. I'm not gonna keep you in suspense. I'm gonna play a song, and uh, and then we're gonna come back. I'm gonna tell you what it is, and uh, this is uh, for a lot of reasons of what we've talked about this year. My number one album of 2018, and it is, I would say, almost assuredly not yours, but that's okay, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, This is Magic by Olivia Newton-John.
Kevin, it's so weird how you're playing the the newest Twin Shadow album. Kyer, <laughs> <laughs> which means to fall. It is kind of weird, and, and you know, time is in fact a flat circle, and um, you know, we've been spending. Uh, damn, we'll go to our we we might hit our our normal year end podcast limit, but uh, you know, spending about an hour and a half talking about music. Talking about what music is in 2018, and at the beginning of 2018, I asked myself, and I asked you guys, and I asked people that were down here, uh, "What is music?" It was I've been doing this for a real long time, and you got to find meaning, like in what, like if it. For me, at least, like it's it, it's not a side gig. It's like if you're gonna keep talking about it, you gotta you gotta figure out why the fuck you're talking about it, or mm-hmm. making it. Like if you're an artist, and all of a sudden, uh, I think this is around October. Uh, Xanadu started creeping up into my consciousness. Memories of, of watching the laser disc of this at a friend's house when I was very young. 1980, so it would have been like eight. And um, not knowing who ELO was, not knowing who Olivia Newton John was, my first memory, like real memory of Olivia Newton John was physical. <laughs> um, and, but hearing this and finding this like strangely satisfying. In a way that, like, all these other fu- motherfuckers who were trying to do shit, they, you know, from a consumer standpoint, you should be looking at it like, you guys should be trying to satisfy me. And if you're not, I'm just going to get over there. Because you're actually part of the demographic that still spends money on music. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The, sa- yeah. The, the saddest conversation I had this year was with uh, my wife's uh, niece. Who, um, who said, "Oh, you should make me a playlist." And I said, "Okay, well, how how would I get that to you? Like Spotify or Apple Music?" And she was like, "No, no, no, just send me song titles, and I'll find them on YouTube." Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sixteen-year-olds, yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and that's part of this, but like, but the most part of this is that if you took this song, Magic. Which was Olivia Newton John with basically ELO on the back end and recontextualized it. Uh, maybe a few tweaks, maybe not even a few tweaks, just like in the press, a few tweaks and, and put it forth in 2018. Somebody somewhere would be like, this is a hit. And. <laughs> Because it is like no shit because it was a hit. Be, yeah, no shit <laughs> because it was it's, a it's, hit. It's been a hit. <laughs> and, and and so, it, you know, it had me looking at everything like, why do we rank stuff every year to year? Why don't we talk about music in terms of of how it influences our lives? And I and, and look, this is sort of self-serving because I think this is what we've done down here from the beginning. We have. This is, these are conversations about less about music and more about how music affects us 
So it could be about anything. It just so happens we're talking about the album that you love. Or the album that's hype. And it just so happens that we are have been just blessed to be able to talk to people like Nels Klein and have Phil Cook down here. Hang out in Israel Nash's RV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, meet up with Sylvanesso at a Sherry Bar. In that context, in, in the larger context, you know, for me, doing the year-end thing was just sort of, okay, I'd rather check in on where everybody is beyond what they're listening to. Because Brandy's album is going to exist regardless of any critic. Motorcade's yeah, album think... is going to exist in, in regardless of any critic. These things go on and they have nothing and everything to do with us. I think, I think um, what... What I hope that um, we've done and and what I hope I, you know, our evolution shows is that, you know, we're not showing up arguing about where to rank the same 10 albums, yeah. but we're actually showing up with like a whole different set of ideas and notions about what music was in 2018 and just saying like, here's what, here's what did it for me this year. Yeah. Right. And and that's a really different approach than than the idea of like well we have to we have these 10 things and we have to know like which one like we have to have decimal points involved <laughs> yeah. in our scores right, 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 <laughs> right? like that's right. just such a weird concept it, to me it, it is like, it is know, because because if i eight, had 8.8 8 because my 8. list 4. my list is literally like everything that happened behind xanadu <laughs> like that's and, and, and you all in this room know this to be fact like that that is like mu much like uh and we'll talk about this in an entire podcast yeah there's a there's a whole there's, there's a, a whole podcast there's other there's other conversations about this mu that we're gonna have. much like third stage it has informed the entirety all 400 of these episodes like it and and honestly, you know, we had Chris Richards down here in 2018. Why would you talk about Hillens 5150 unless it was just joy? And, and the point is, find the joy in the music you like, and stop paying attention to these fucking lists. If a list is more yeah. than ten, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, you know. They're just listing stuff that came out, which is, look, if you're curious to what came out and don't want to pay attention throughout the year, that is actually a great resource. But if you're really looking for critical thought on stuff, man. I would actually say, I would, I would, I would say like, if you're, if you're a list checking person, look at the 30 to 50 range, mm. right? Yeah. Like the stuff that's beyond that is obvious to you. Like the the space where you're gonna find things you don't know is gonna be. I mean, or just look at our list. Yeah, ours like, is the best. Like I, I mean, have, <laughs> look, I, we've we've we we we've nailed some shit over we, the years. We have nailed some shit, and yeah. also we don't not put thought. In this. We, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, these right. are these are what you have heard over almost 400 episodes are people having. Like genuine music fans 
having conversations about the music that moves them. And I, I, I cannot emphasize how little we are paid. <laughs> to do this. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and you could be like, yes, that is a demographic. And I would say you are right for you guys. Yeah. For me, like my brain's fucked up. And so there is no demographic. Just like explore. That's, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, but that's, but that's the point. Like go back, go forward. Yeah. Listen to sports. <laughs> exactly. Listen to sports. Listen to 5150. Yeah. Listen to, we're going to do Asia. Up on the hill. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, we're going to do that. Listen, to, just... listen to that. But more importantly, like go, go out and find people that want to talk about music like that with you. If that's your bag. If it, I mean, It'd be weird if you're listening to this and it's not in your bag, but if it is, then if I can find those people and just like take joy in spending an evening with your friends talking way more than you should about yeah. a 40 minute piece of music. Yeah, we're, 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 we're united here by our common love of it, our yeah. common interest in music, and, and Kevin has been has been just so generous and and given us a space to come and talk about this and no stop that shit but stop that but shit. also but also like f- find find a way to enjoy music with people that you like and love yeah yeah and, and just that's it. And just do that right yeah and if you at all have the chance i mean find people you love music together with and take that opportunity to go out and see live music because the experience you're gonna have yeah with your friends watching a, a a band or a musician you haven't seen before is going to be a lot more memorable than going by yourself. And it's going to be a lot more memorable than all sitting here, you here. Know, individually with your own headphones, listening to that album over the course of some period of time. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's, that is what it's about. Um, all that said, I do actually send us home, Kevin. I, I do actually have a number one album of the year. This is uh, Lonnie Holly. Uh, I talked with a new friend, friends of friends of friends, like Wes Covey. Um, we reviewed it when the basement was flooded, and and it was one of the most meaningful albums to me. If you let it be, there's a there's a, a connectedness to all of this, and Holly did it this year for me, and he made an album about the worst. Possibly the worst, like, experience in, like, the history of humanity, but certainly the history of African Americans. Um, and then he ended it, um, with a goofy song that is, that is not complex. Is, Let's shake it, Kevin. Yeah, that, that is just, that is just expresses exactly what Lonnie wanted to say and, 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 and is. And is is the way out um, to find another day, and and sometimes Lonnie Holly just wants to dance, and he made sometimes I want to dance for that, and uh, yeah, that's it.
big thanks to Eduardo and uh, Michael for not just hanging out uh, last night and talking about this stuff, but uh, everything. And to our entire crew uh, down here. And this has been a uh, it has been a joy, but it has also been just simply our lives. And it is uh, it has certainly been one of the best parts of my life here in Washington D.C. And um, I'm excited though to see not just where like I take this, but where these guys go from here. You know, we'll obviously still be talking to them. The internet's a fantastic thing, uh, but it will it will never be the same, uh, and that's okay. That is okay, man. I hope I hope the music we played for you too was stuff that maybe you probably knew most of it. I, I don't think we dug too deep. Uh, I hope I didn't throw you th- for too much of a curve with my Xanadu pick, but I honestly believe that. I honestly believe. In fact, I'm going to go listen to it right now after I get off this mic. That that you know, this is what brought me joy. Sometimes I obsess about Prince's Parade. Uh, sometimes it was uh, D'Angelo's Black Messiah. The a year after it came out, it you know, the, the point is, is like. Dig in and find the thing that you love and indulge in that. Because it'll keep you sane, it'll keep you warm, uh, and it'll keep you safe. And that's that's the point. That's what we want for everybody. Um, like I said, we are going to have a few more podcasts here. I need to hang out with my good friend Paul Vodra from Hometown Sounds. So he's going to come by next week. And then um, I'm going to uh, sit down with... Kerry, Eduardo, and Andre, and we're going to talk about um, an album that is near and dear to our hearts, but also basically us. You know, what this whole thing has been. And uh, that'll be episode 400, and then we will just lift off to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you had a great year. Um, Have a great holiday. We'll be back in one week. Until then, be good to your ears, but be very good to your people. Love them hard and love them strong. Talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>